0: From the hosts that brought you to Coding Westworld and Westworld the Recapables comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast uh, on Westworld.
1: I'm Joanna Robinson.
0: I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker.
1: Welcome to Westworld season four in the Prestige TV podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld season four.
2: Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige
0: TV podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Coralbeck. And today, we are ranking the tight ends for the 2022 season in fantasy football. You can follow our rankings, which will soon be updated, at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Our rankings will be there. We're ranking them. We're updating our rankings next week, and then we're going to be updating them throughout the offseason or into the preseason and up to week one in early September. We're going through the tight ends today. We're doing it back. We're going to do tight ends, and then we're going to work our way to the running backs, receivers, the more interesting positions. But we're starting with tight ends because training camp's not here yet, and we're going to figure it out. We're going to break them down into tiers because we have the guys ranked from, like, you know, one to 20th position. But it's more important, I think, if we share, like, the groups of how we're thinking about guys. We want everyone to understand why we're thinking about people the way we are. So we're going to group them the way we are. And also there's one rule for this exercise. We're not allowed to use the word athletic. All the tight ends are athletic. And it let me know if a tight end disagree, is not athletic. And
3: I'm, I actually refuse wholeheartedly to follow that rule. So Zach Hertz is not athletic. Can't we just fit.
0: note? Wouldn't it save time if we just note when a tight end is not athletic? They're all 6'6 six, six and run a 4'6. Okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, just note when the guy is not athletic.
3: I'm, I'm probably going to say when they're really athletic, too, though.
0: That's okay. I just, I'm just going to yeah. straight
3: up ignore your rule. Okay. All right. I
0: figured. I love when mom and dad fight about this. The best. <laughs> I'm just, never, I'm never going to do that. All right. Let's just start. Tier one, our top tight ends for 2022. These are the Ferraris. It's Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, Mark Andrews for the Ravens. And they're Ferraris because they're awesome, but they will cost a shitload. But they're awesome, and they'll be worth it. Is that basically By the way,
3: fair? By we, we did this for something else recently. I can't quarterbacks. remember. Was, quarterbacks. And someone uh, tweeted at me like, in F1, which I don't watch, Ferrari is kind of the laughing stock. Yes. No, I not guess. anymore.
0: Now they're doing, well, yeah, they're kind of, they're better, but they're still not winning.
4: Well, then whatever you want to say, Lamborghini, you know, Bentley, really nice car. <laughs> Rolls Royce, maybe? Rolls Royce. Sure. They're Aston Martin. 800 grand each. Something like that.
3: Uh, but that's that's what this first tier is, and you could, as you probably could guess, is Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, like the two top guys. Do you think that there's a world in which Travis Kelsey is in his own tier? I, this is the first thing that came to my mind.
0: I think that's fair because I don't think anyone's going to take Mark Andrews in the first round, but Travis yeah. Kelsey you can take in the first my round. My question
4: was going to be, is Mark Andrews closer to the Travis Kelsey tier or is he closer to the tier below of Pitts, Kittle, and Moore? It's like he's almost his own tier.
0: It's like Kelsey is his own tier because Kelsey is like a, fr- like a four- first-rounder kind of. Mark Andrews is his own tier because he's like a second, third. And then I think the next I, the next group of like Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller, that's like the top five is clear of those people, but it's like Kelsey's a tier, Andrews is really probably a second tier, and then the third tier is the rest of the top five.
3: Yeah. I, I want to talk about Kelsey first, but I, it is funny that we're saying this because Mark Andrews was the tight end one last year, um, which was... Kind of a rarity. If you look at what uh, Travis Kelsey has done over the last five, six years, tight end two, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, tight end two, tight end one. Like he is, (laughs) and this is a half PBR. It's pretty good. Um, He's ridiculously, ridiculously uh, consistent. Very good. Obviously, he's in the perfect offense. Um, He is now the number one, unquestioned number one in the offense, which has actually not been the case for the last few years, obviously, with Tyreek Hill um, in Kansas City. So now you could see his efficiency start to drop a little bit um, if this offense isn't quite as explosive it's not quite as good with tyreek hill gone um but i think ultimately he's going to make up for it with you know more volume honestly and he and by the way i saw this from rich rebar just four end zone targets last year which was really really low for him um and that could go up too and so i, I just think Kelsey is the clear runaway number one there's andrews has a little there's there's more variables with andrews to me uh, kelsey just looks automatic assuming assuming he can stay healthy
0: I mean, Tyreek Hill's gone. I mean, I yeah. it, maybe you can galaxy brain yourself to say, well, Kelsey's going to get double-teamed more, but in theory, like, Tyreek Hill left, and Kelsey is soaked head and shoulders above all the other players in this team. The Chiefs have Juju Smith-Schuster. They lost Valdez-Scantling, so they've got Juju. You know, they got Michael Hardman. I mean, they still have Josh Gordon. I, you know, the, but at the end of the day... Or sorry, the Packers lost Valdez-Scantling. The Chiefs signed Valdez-Scantling. I keep getting that confused, but... <laughs> I part of me is like, isn't this the simplest thing we've ever seen? Like the number one guy, basically every season lost one of the best receivers. And it, I don't know. I think the question is, where do you take Travis Kelsey in the first round? Or is he a first rounder for you?
4: Yeah. You know, my core tenant that I never follow of like, just take Travis Kelsey. Has that ever <laughs> been more true this than this year? Yeah. Yeah. You could make the case that Travis Kelsey is more of a shoe in first round pick than he's ever been. Yeah. At
3: 32 years old? 33? How old is he right now?
0: He'll be
4: 33.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't care. I don't care at all that he's I don't 33 years old. Yeah. So we've got our updated rankings. We've got him at 11 overall. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. So are you guys comfortable taking him ahead of Stefan Diggs? Ahead of CeeDee Lamb?
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think there's just... There, there are more receivers. It's the positional scarcity deal. Like, obviously I think Andrews is really good. There's a couple other guys that could, you know, absolutely go bonkers this year, but having Kelsey gives you just this immediate boost at that position that like no one else in your league is going to have. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's definitely worth going in the first round.
4: And and not only that, the real reason why Kelsey is unlike any other tight end is that you always, there's always the opportunity cost of what am I, what am I giving up here? Oh, if I take Travis Kelsey, I can't get Stefan Diggs. Travis Kelsey is the only wide receiver. Oh, the only tight end, excuse me, in the league that puts up elite wide receiver stat lines. Mm-hmm. Like, the guys like the Darren Wallers or the Dalton Schultzes or George Kittle, like a good tight end year for them, a good tight end year for fantasy is not a Stefan Diggs standard line. Travis Kelsey's putting up 105 catches, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He did that in 2020. <laughs> like that, it, that is CeeDee Lamb this year, maybe at, at best. So yeah, I'm totally okay with doing it because he is a receiver. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially if PPR, going to get peppered. Okay, obviously Kelsey's number one. Mark Andrews, so he was number one as DK last year, as DK mentioned. Is any part of you guys reticent to actually take him there's always the funny thing where we have to rank everybody somewhere but then there's like okay but like where are you actually going to take the guy yourself mark andrews right. 26th i think that's probably accurate but serious question like are you guys trying to take a, a non-travis kelsey tight end in the top 30 or are you going to glide right by because there's a difference you know what i'm talking it's about it's tough
3: yeah i mean like there's so many good players around him i'm just going to name off a few of the guys that are like close to him in adp for us or sorry in our rankings Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, AJ Brown, Javante Williams, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, like Cam Akers, Mike Williams. There's some really high, high upside guys in that group. Um, And I guess it just comes down to the idea of, you know, do you think that Andrews can redo what he did last year? Is it was it sort of just a situation where, you know, they decided to throw a whole bunch more because all their running backs were hurt. This is Ravens. All their running backs were hurt, and, and they had like a much higher pass rate than they have in any year in the last, like, five years or whatever. Like, was that an anomaly? Can we depend on this? Can we depend on Mark Andrews to just go absolutely bonkers again? Um, I think there's just more question marks around him, honestly. And I I think he's a really good player. And I think he's going to be the de facto number one in this offense. Um, But there is, like, a lot of room for him to kind of, like, regress a little bit.
4: Yeah, I mean, this isn't really a Mark Andrews question. It's a Ravens offense question. If they go back to this you know, 2019 style of play where they're running the ball all the time. I know Marquise Brown's gone, so that kind of makes you think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is is Andrews the even more locked-in top option on the team? But I, to be honest, I kind of see Rashad Bateman getting as much, like, volume as Marquise Brown did, so I don't really see that as a viable argument. I, th- the reason why I think, I personally have Mark Andrews in my second tier with the Kittle, Waller, Pitts crew, Yeah, I don't think he's worth a round or two above the other three. Because I just don't mm-hmm. see. He had 107 catches last year, over 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, huge year. But before that, I mean, if you look back on the rest of his career, Mark Andrews hadn't had more than 64 catches in a season.
3: I think in reality, and I'm just looking at our rankings, the tiers should probably be Travis Kelsey in his own tier, Andrews and and Pitts in in their mm-hmm. own tier, and then Kittle and Waller in the third tier. It's funny. Because it's like obviously you don't like having tiers that are just one or two players, but that to me that's like much more accurate and, and kind of like when you're on the clock and just based on our rankings, like that's how they kind of like but
1: match Kyle up. Kyle
0: Pitts kind of freaks me out a little bit. So Kyle Pitts is our, like, I think everyone agrees he's our third tight end. I kind of think he's the third tight end everywhere. Right. But he's, look, Falcons phenom. We've talked a lot about him. I mean, Kyle Pitts best tight end prospect in NFL history, like pretty easily. First tight end to have a thousand yards in his rookie seasons is Mike Ditka. In 1961, gran- Granted, he had four <laughs> games more than Mike Ditka. Shout out Mike Ditka, the actual real first tight end. However, I just kind of get freaked out taking Kyle Pitts because I feel like so much of his talent and potential is baked into like how I have to take him. But potential is just another word for him. Done shit yet? The Falcons are probably going to be like the maybe the worst team in the entire league, and I mean that. The Falcons are probably worse than the Texans. The Falcons might be worse than the Jaguars. The like pick a team. I think the Falcons probably have. Outside of a couple of cool names, they have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. I, I, you know, maybe they'll have an interesting offense Marcus Mariota. But this is probably like one of the worst rosters in the NFL, outside of like some top heavy players. I kind of feel like the Falcons will have five wins. I I, I don't know. It's it, it's kind of odd to me to be projecting Kyle Pitts to kind of take this leap at the price of already a top thirty player. Like, how much ceiling can he get better? How much upside can Kyle Pitts? deliver you beyond taking him with the 33rd pick? How much is he going to give you beyond that?
3: I think the big question that I have, it's funny because it's like he has proven it. I mean, he 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 was third in yards among tight ends. He was one of three tight ends a 1,000 yards last year in the NFL. <laughs> you know, like he had 110 targets, which was mo- fifth most. Um, obviously, I think the big question for me, well, there's two questions. It's not necessarily can he live up to his potential. I already think we, he did. Like, he looks incredible. He's 21 years old. He's, and he's amazing. Done I,
0: I feel like an idiot saying this. He's amazing. He's the an amazing. The question I have: the,
3: the, He had
4: one touchdown, and if he had yeah. seven last year, where would he be in
3: our rankings? See, that is the big That's question true. I have. Is it's not? Is he good enough? Is the potential? It's the quarterback situation is scary. Yeah. That's what's yeah. scary to me. Not Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has proven it in my mind. Like Kyle Pitts is an elite player. He's the, the problem is he he had one touchdown last year, and that was with Matt Ryan, who is a good quarterback. Now you got Marcus Mariota at quarterback Um, and I don't like, you know, obviously regression to the mean would say like based on his number of targets, he would have X amount of touchdowns, like way like way more touchdowns than he did last year. Um, It's basically impossible to have a thousand plus yards in one touch. Right. But I don't know, like this, this offense could take a massive, massive step back and his efficiency could go down. His target rate could go down. The number of plays they run could go down. Um there's a lot of variables here that make me nervous about him. Not nervous enough to not take him, but like there's reason he's not in that elite tier, I think it's kind of the deal. So, um I don't know. Like that's just how I feel about him. I think he's arrived. I think he's the real deal. I think he proved that as a rookie. The question more to me is just like what's the quarterback going to do here?
4: I don't know. I mean, it's not like the Falcons were on fire last year. I believe they they were fifth worst in offensive DVOA. Mm. I get that Marcus Mariota is not Matt Ryan, but I don't know. I kind of see what he did last year. I think like a thousand yards and like five touchdowns is kind of like his floor, to be honest. Right. And I don't actually agree that that's Mark Andrews' floor. I think like if somebody pointed a gun to my head and said, which one do you actually want? Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts? I'd pick Kyle Pitts. Maybe it's the upside. Maybe I'm tantalized. I like it. You're
0: probably right about that because honestly, having a thousand and thirty yards and change as a rookie tight end, it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, it's basically like 300 yards more than any tight end has had in a rookie in like 40 years.
4: Yeah.
3: He's, yeah, he was like ridiculously good. Um, yeah, you're probably right. He's also got like a really, he's like explosive plays. Like he's got a really high A dot. Uh, he's r- lining up all over the field. He is. He has the
0: intangible thing of like you're having one of the coolest players in the NFL. Like the NFL Instagram is going to be posting about Kyle Pitts. He's going to be on red zone. Like you unda- Like there's this intangible element of having really cool players. Mm-hmm.
3: Also, by the way, I think if Jamar Chase hadn't done what Jamar Chase did, we would be talking about Pitts a lot more.
4: Jamar Chase ruined a lot of other people's time in the in the sunshine.
3: <laughs> yeah. Cuz his rookie year was incredible. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you Craig like I still would have Andrews as like a high, like a safer bet. And the way that the Ravens passing game works it's like everything is over the middle field. It's all like, you know, up the seams. Mark Andrews is still going to be a big target in the red zone for Lamar Jackson. I'm actually banking I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a massive year. Of course, some of that is going to come on the ground. A lot of that's going to come on the ground. But I don't know. I just think the Ravens offense is going to be good. So I'm still like leaning Andrew slightly, but also at the same time, like if Pitts finishes as the tight end one, like I'm not really going to be surprised.
0: Okay, so Travis Kelsey tier one is the Ferrari. We're giving tier two to Mark Angie's for Baltimore and Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. What are we calling this? Like a Mercedes? A nice Mercedes?
3: Well, I was looking at the what are the best F1 cars of all times? I just Googled Well, now, we're, that. Mixing that, now why we, we're mixing. We're not doing F1. We well, yeah, yeah do like F1. Kevin Clark. Well, that was why we were joking around about Ferraris being like a bad metaphor or whatever. Well,
4: that was because the guy didn't understand our really complex <laughs> okay. process. What
3: car do you want to have? We're talking about guys. Cars, guys buy when they have their midlife crisis. Ferrari, if they're really rich. Corvettes is a good one.
0: Yeah, so know. we're gonna go to Corv- I think the next tier we got Corvette is George Kittle and Darren Waller because they're like if you want a really sick car, but you don't really have enough money for the the sickest car. Okay. So you get a car that kind of like looks so and sounds like sick, but it's Corvette's not quite just catching insane. strays right now.
4: My dad got a Corvette when he was like forty five and then got rid of it when he was like forty eight and he had made <laughs> <was> a mistake. <laughs> there you go.
0: You wanna so go this, to that one? This anymore? tier
4: though.
3: W- whatever the car this is. This How is the Kittle Ray? Waller tier.
0: Wait, did your mom make him return it?
4: No, he, he realized. He was like, I never drove it. I was constantly, every time I drove it, I like didn't want it to get dinged up. or like, I I just like wanted to keep it in the garage. And he's like, and I realized like, what's the point of having a car if you don't drive it? What was he afraid of getting it dinged up? How do you? He was just like, I just thought it was so nice. And f- like, I just like never wanted to drive it. It was too nice. So I got yeah. rid of it.
0: I can see that. Is that the George Kittle in this situation? You're afraid of getting it dinged up so then Shannon just keeps him in the garage?
4: Yeah, dude. I Out of the five tight ends here in like our big group, Kittle is the one I'm easily the most afraid of. He is easily fifth out of these five in my rankings. I don't trust anything that's going on in San Francisco on the offensive side. I have no idea what it's going to look like. We have no idea if Trey Lance is good. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting quarterback, Kittle would probably be like my third tight end on this list. But he could be the third option on a team that runs the ball 40 times a game with a quarterback who is highly inaccurate. I just think the variance with Kittle is all over the place.
1: Mm.
0: I feel you. I think that's a good way to put it because George Kittle probably has... It feels like some of the most upside of this group. But at the same time, the Niners just overall are a wild card. And also, there's a lot of research, basically, that quarterbacks that get a lot of rushing yards, like the Jalen Hurtses. We expect Trey Lance to get a lot, especially like younger quarterbacks, the combo of a younger running quarterback. They have a lot of trouble supporting more than one like actual receiving option on their team, which makes sense. But I just feel like I'm reticent honestly, about Debo on San Francisco, just cause he's being drafted. Like he's going to be a top five guy again at receiver, but yeah, probably not going to be running again. And it depends on him getting force fed and then Kittle. And I just kind of, honestly, I kind of, Trey Lance will be good in fantasy football because the rules of fantasy football are dumb and running for 10 yards is equal to passing for 25 yards. And again, I'm not trying to make this a rant. I live in the world. Like this is the way it is. So he'll be a good fantasy quarterback almost no matter what. But in real life, I really kind of just want to see Trey Lance be good at anything. And I'm not trying to say Jimmy Garoppolo is great, but uh, I don't know. I, I, what do you, how do you feel about Kittle this year, DK? I, I'm kind of in Craig's boat where he's tantalizing, but between the injuries and just never staying on the field mixed with Trey Lance uncertainty, I, I ugh, it's something, it gives me a yeah. pit in my stomach.
3: It's tough. The, the, Kittle's going to end up being one of those guys that I just never draft. Even though like it's you know we have to rank them at a certain place I'm just never going to end up drafting this guy because yeah like all those things worry me not to mention the fact that his production has gone down um, over the last couple of years his yards per reception and receptions dropped last year uh, per game sorry yards per reception and receptions per game dropped last
0: year it um, is questionable per game has never been higher he's always questionable
3: his yak, his yards after the catch has uh, slowly declined. I mean, obviously he's getting a little bit older and and get, gotten beat up over the last few years. Um the other thing that's kind of key here is he blocks more than you really want from a he's, tight end. He's
4: almost a better real life asset than a fantasy yeah, asset. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Um that being said, like he has been really consistent like top tier tight end. Like he's been like top 3 when he's on the field, yeah. right, and so you know his production is still there. He's still one of the best players in the NFL, uh, and by the way, he's still going to be, I think, one of the top two targets in this game, in, the, in this offense. So Deebo's obviously going to be the number one or number two somewhere in there. And then I think Kittle is going to be either the number one or number two. I guess the 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 fear here is maybe IU emerges as the number two or something like that. But I think it's still with Kittle. Like he's still got he's got the catbird seat there. Um, no, I
0: feel like with Kittle, the problem is that with the other, t- you're again it's Corvette. You're paying Corvette money, and again, I know we're nitpicking that you guys are really good, but the whole point is when you're spending this much on a nice car, you want all the details to be right, and that's kind of what we're talking about. If you're taking a top tight end, my issue with Kittle is that in the Chiefs' ideal game plan, Travis Kelsey is crushing it in the game. And the Ravens, even if they're running more, when the Ravens are having their ideal game plan, Mark Andrews is getting force-fed the ball. That's the same for the Falcons. There's no game plan the Falcons have where Kyle Pitts is not getting force-fed. The Niners are not necessarily going into a game and being like, well, George Kittle's this. The, like the, nine, the way that Shanahan and the offense goes, they're not necessarily dependent on George Kittle to be getting five catches for like 95 yards to win. Their Niners have different ways to win and they don't really care if they're getting Kittle the ball as much. And I think that you're kind of the the week to week consistency, both in what they're trying to do in the gameplay and mixed with just Kittle just being hurt all the time because he never wants to get tackled and he's rocking everybody. It's just kind of exhausting, man, because nothing's worse than paying the 40th pick for Kittle to avoid having to go through the morass of streaming tight ends and then gets hurt and he's questionable. And now you have to get stream tight ends anyway. It's just frustrating.
3: He also doesn't score that many touchdowns and Lance won't help that. I don't think.
4: Right, like, would you guys really be surprised if Trey Lance throws the ball like 23 times a game? I wouldn't.
3: Right. Does this mean that you, so you'd rather have Waller? I think there's a
4: lot of question marks about Waller too, though. I would rather have Waller. I feel much more confident about Waller than a lot of people.
0: Well, so, I guess, I don't know, it's tough because the whole thing with Darren Waller, so he's the number one receiver on the team, and now they have Devontae Adams. I think overall people, I think people are really underestimating how much Josh McDaniels has said coach will make the Raiders offense just better, like this tide that lists all boats. But honestly, it's really difficult for me to see how Darren Waller is going to mix into all of this because, over, I mean, overall, I feel like he's going to be on the field a lot. I'm not really nervous about that, but I don't know. I, yeah. I He's a strange investment for me as well. Honestly, I'm probably skipping this tier. I'm kind of interested in Kelsey if he falls and in the second round, I'll snatch him. But honestly, I'm seeing Kittle and Waller and I'm just kind of like, eh, my entire life, I've kind of passed on tight ends you can get in the 40s and 50s. And I've never once kind of looked and been like, oh, wow, I wish I hadn't done that.
3: It's just hard because there's so many changes. You know, it's not the Gruden offense anymore. It's, it's you know, there's more different, there's more players in this offense now that could be part of the passing game. Obviously, Renfro came out of nowhere last year to be like a hundred plus catch guy. Devontae Adams is there now. So that puts a lot of uncertainty in. And I just, we just don't know what this is going to be. Are they going to be a bunch of, like a really run heavy bully ball type offense? Like in theory, I, I could see it. Um, if it. If everything kind of, is similar like in terms of like target rate routes run like how much how much he's running routes all that stuff like his his numbers his underlying numbers waller's numbers are going to be elite still he's still gonna be running a ton of routes he's still gonna get a ton of targets i think um especially relative to the rest of the tight ends um in the nfl but you know i I think putting him here where we have him at a tight end five i think makes a lot of sense just because there are so many question marks
4: I just don't I don't really buy that Devontae Adams is a huge negative for Darren Waller. Mm. Like, look at what Travis Kelsey did with Tyreek Hill. To me, it, this just means that the Raiders are going to be a, a better team this year, and if that team scores more points, I think Waller's going to benefit from that. Waller, you know, ha- had kind of a weak touchdown year last year. He only converted two of his 10 end zone targets. And to me, it's like, I, I don't see the Raiders being a ground and pound with, with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake while they have Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. Like, maybe the best three Two
0: receiver, one tight end combo in the league. I think that's a good argument, Craig, because it's also worth noting, like it's not just the stats Waller had last year. The Raiders basically had the the year from hell last year. I mean, John Gruden getting like iced in the middle of the season, him getting fired. The Henry Ruggs, that tragic car accident, everything. Like the Raiders entire, like it quickly became like not even about football for them. It was about life and like, it just, the, the Raiders... It was kind of amazing that they pulled themselves together in the second half of the season and even made the playoffs. But if you kind of think about everything they had to go through, I I think coming into this season, like Waller and Adams and like Josh McDaniels as coach, I just think Josh McDaniels is super underrated, honestly. Like he just has been the offense coordinator for the Patriots for the better part of like more than a decade. And I just don't really think people see coming like they're like this sleeping giant in the AFC West. So I think that's a good point. But I don't know what you look around the other people you have to take if you're going to pass on Darren Waller. I mean, Craig, you love Allen Robinson. You probably have to pass an Allen Robinson if you want Darren Waller. Are you going to do that?
4: I mean, you know, this question is always tough because it's like, who else is on my team? Right. But yes, I, I do agree that they're they're very close in my mind.
0: Josh Allen or Darren Waller? I know that I'm kind of making a straw man argument because you don't know, but that's the point.
4: Yeah, I'd still probably take Darren Waller, to be honest, because I think the second we leave this Corvette zone, then we're we're like immediately driving... Family worst cars, cars. It Family <laughs> sucks. cars. Yeah, the, the cars you're big, are a big getting,
3: Yeah, you're driving like a something that's a little more reasonable, and yes, it, doesn't, we'll it get gets better okay. gas mileage. Uh, no, I, I agreed with Craig. It's like it. It really comes down to the type of build and that you want to do. Like, if you don't take this, these two tiers, these three three tiers that we've identified, there is a, in my mind, a massive, massive drop.
0: So the top five, again, it's Travis Kelsey's one, Mark Andrews is two, Kyle Pitts is three. We got George Kittle four, Darren Waller five. In reality, Kelsey's his own tier. We're putting Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts together. We're putting Kittle and Waller together. That's the top five. Then we go to like the next group. All right. I've got tier four. I, you could put the next five guys a bunch of ways. I'm going to group TJ Hawkinson from the Lions and Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys together to the fourth tier. I'm going to refer to them as souped up Mazdas. Then here's why. As the proud
4: owner of a brand new Mazda CX (laughs) five, I support this, and I might just have to. What if it's just a Mazda? Why does I've never told you
0: guys this? I've never told you the story. My first job when I was in high school, I worked at a frozen yogurt shop, and the frozen yogurt shop was next to an AT and T store, and they shared a parking lot. And like at frozen, you know, you're in the back, like taking out the trash and stuff. So I was behind the 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 frozen yogurt shop a lot, and the guys who worked at the AT and T store next door. They were all drag racers, and they parked their car (laughs) in the parking lot we shared, and they had, like, the license plates on their car. Like, they had a Mazda, and the license plate was, like, you rev first. The manager's license plate was, like, too quick for you. And, like, they had the racing stripes. They had spoilers. They had, uh, what's the thing on the hood? The hood scoop. Like, the stuff you customize, the need for speed. They had everything. One of them literally had the checkered flag decal on the door. And it was kind of always amazing to me. And I was, and they were like sitting in the parking lot and rev. And I was like, look, man, it's a fucking Mazda dude. Calm down a little bit. <laughs> the and Mazda stands about,
3: are going to come out of the, the woodwork here.
0: That's me. That, I'm just saying, that's how I feel about Schultz and TJ Hawkinson because they're going kind of high. You probably like like top 60. And, it's, and I'm like, man, it's Dal- like, like it's Dalton Schultz. Like, it's it, what is the best case scenario here? So I don't like these guys and I'll probably be passing on them. I don't know how you feel, but I see them and I just see, think of Mazda's.
3: I think putting these guys in the same tier is very smart and it makes a ton of sense because both of these guys have like pretty low dot in terms of average depth of target, the way that they're utilized in their respective offenses. Um, they're just basically
4: dump off options, you know? They're catch and fall guys.
0: They're the third down tight end dudes, whereas Waller and Kittle and Pitts and all those other guys you're talking about are like, you know, you can catch 20 yard over the middle and they're more third I feel third like and
4: Hawkinson six. is not getting, isn't Hawkinson a little bit more of like in in the like, could catch 20 yard passes down the field. Well,
3: yard up to the catch guy in theory, like we want yeah, him to theory, be. <laughs> and I think he's capable play. of being him, but yes, that's that's not really how they use him. Um, number one, he's like Kittle a little bit in that he's asked to block more than you'd want. He ranked yeah. 20th in total routes last year, so the route numbers isn't as high as you want in terms of fantasy. Uh, his A dot was low, not very many explosive plays. Um, in theory, he has like this. Dy- dynamism that like he could run after the catch and leap over guys and all that stuff that we see Kittle do, but we just haven't seen him do that. Um, and by the way, Jared Goff is still his quarterback. To me, the most important thing with Hawkinson is um, what is he going to be in this offense? He's kind of gone up in, in... Each year, he's gone up in targets and catches per game. That's been improving throughout his career. This, in theory, could be his big breakout year, but now the Lions have I'm on Ross St. Brown. They drafted Jameson Williams. They got DJ in free agency. Does this mean Hawkinson, and then obviously Dandre Swift is still there. Is he like the third or
4: fourth option at best in this passing game? Well, this is where it starts to get weird, right? Because TJ Hawkinson, you could make the case for him being maybe the number one option on this offense and also the fourth. Right. And that's why the first five picks in this tight end tier group are so uh, enticing because there's no question marks with any of those other guys. But can I point out that Dalton Schultz, I want to slam the sleeper buzzer for Dalton Schultz. I'm in on Dalton Schultz. Okay. He's the number two option on Dallas. Amari Cooper's gone. Dalton Schultz, I don't care if he's Jason Witten, 1.0. oh. He's just the same.
0: Worst, Yeah. 0.8, Jason Witten. Could we do Jason Witten in the S model?
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally up for like the second option in the Dak Prescott offense just catching like yeah. six, seven passes a game and falling down this is
3: okay, I actually think this is a perfect example of,, um, we've talked about this every year. It's like you have to draft guys that aren't very good. Like I think you could replace Dalton Schultz with literally fucking any player in the NFL damn and i'd be like okay sure that he'll do approximately what dalton schultz would do
0: no i have to hop in as a giants fan in real life dalton schultz is so annoying and like i think i always as craig i always compare him to jason Witten. not because i'm not trying to compare him one of the best tenants ever but it's more like as a giants fan who's watched the cowboys my whole life every third and four when the giants play the cowboys like it's going to fucking jason Witten. dalton schultz has taken that where it's like on dallas (laughs) The Cowboys, since listening to this, I'm pretty sure are probably going to vigorously nod. On third and four, they're all like, just throw to Schultz. He'll get it done. And again, that's why I'm like a points per first down guy. However, I guess I just, my counter for Craig is when you take a, a, a tight end in like, I don't know, 70th or something. You want him to like have a fight, a puncher's chance to be like the second overall tight end in a world where everyone's healthy, like obviously people get hurt, people get hurt. But if like all the top five tight ends we just talked about were all healthy for 17 games and every tight end, we're all healthy for 17 games. I don't really see how Dalton Schultz could come in second. You know what I mean? I see how TJ Hawkinson could, but Schultz, I just don't really see it. Yeah. Is he going to have 1200 yards in a season? That feels impossible.
4: I don't disagree with that, but he did lose. I mean, we, we did lose Amari Cooper. The guy had 800 yards and eight touchdowns last year and they just lost maybe the top option on the team. Um, Here's the deal. I, I say that I, I would say you could
3: replace him with anybody. I, I do kind of think he is a bit of a jag, um, but oh, that's DK's
0: ultimate word. Just a jag. guy. Just
4: a guy. Also, Heifetz. How do you think Dalton Schultz finished last year? He
0: overall? was the tight end three, but that's because people got hurt, and that's over the whole season. I'm talking a world where everyone's healthy. Could he outperform people in a? Well, per the best game basis?
4: ability is availability. Heifetz and I'm much more confident <laughs> that Dalton Schultz is going to play 17 games than George Kittle. I actually looked this up because I think it's interesting.
3: Schultz. Average depth of target, 7.1 yards, which was 21st among all tight ends that qualified. He had just six catches over 20 yards. So explosive, deep plays, six catches. Uh, 16 tight ends had more than that. And by the way, Schultz had 104 targets on the year. Sorry, so like, for the
0: 20 yards, is that average depth of target over 20 or like the, the play 20 went 20 yard 20? receptions? Okay.
3: Not, not targeted. He, so basically, what I'm saying is he didn't create big plays, like hardly at all. Foster Moreau. The backup tight end for the Raiders, the Raiders had six. CJ Uzoma had seven. Uh, for comp, like Mark Andrews had twenty of those plays. P- uh, Kyle Pitts had sixteen. Gronk had sixteen. Gasicki, Mike Gasicki, had twelve. He's just not dynamic. Like I, this is just not the type of t- tight end I want to target. It's just like he's just getting dump offs. I get it. Like this is part of PPR, and, and he's going to be valuable in PPR. But like
0: that caps the ceiling in my mind. Let me pivot. Let me pivot. While you pivot, where was Hawkinson on that list, DK? Because we got him kind of back to back.
3: I don't have the list in front of me, but it was he was right down there. He was he had like six or seven too. Like yeah, that's what's interesting explosive.
0: is Hawkinson's such a better athlete than Schultz, but as you said, DK like isn't used that way. I guess basically, I'm just like, look, we all we're on the same page here. It sucks to stream tight ends. We called it buffering because it's not even streaming. It's just buffering tight ends. It's the worst. And I think the actual genuine best service we could provide people's fantasy analysts is to not make you have to freaking like figure out if you're going to try to add Gerald Everett this week and see if Jared cook or whatever, will like, get a <laughs> touchdown. It's the least fun part of the game. But the flip side is if you're not going to get a Kelsey or one of those five guys who discussed, and in my opinion, like a Kelsey and Andrews or a Pitts, I, I you got to wait because the only thing worse than waiting on tight end is like half-assing it. And I think about breaking bad of like no half measures, Walter. It's like, if you're going to not get the elite guy, just wait and try to get a solid guy later. Because I hear what you're saying, Craig, that, well, why take George Kittle when you get Schultz 30 picks later? I'm like, why take George Kittle if you could get, you know, Dawson Knox 75 picks later? And that's kind of where I'm at.
4: My pivot is that I, I one of my least favorite things to do is go into the waiver wire every week and figure out which tight end. Is, oh, is it going to be Cameron Bray? Is he going to get three targets this week? To yeah. me, Dalton Schultz, I think where I'm landing on this is I think he's appropriately priced. Mm -hmm. And I think if he falls to you at the... At the ADP he's given, like, you know what? Take him. This dude ran the third most overall routes for tight ends last year. That's huge. Which is, Yeah. That's huge. I mean, he was, yes, he was third overall in tight end points. I know you want per game. He was fifth per game. And Amari Cooper's gone. Like, this guy is as solid as they fucking come. He's not the type of player who you'd think would get hurt a lot because all he does, like DK said, is catch 10-yard passes and <laughs> fall to his knees. Like, <laughs> to me, this is this is the easiest insurance like, just like the Mazda, strong Japanese engineering. Like, you're, you're not going to have to worry about anything <laughs> yeah, when you have I, Dalton
0: Schultz. I completely agree. He's a Mazda. The reason I said he was a Mazda is because just, that's I like Mazdas. Just don't put a fucking racing stripe and a spoiler on the back and get your license plate <laughs> yeah. with the Mazda. Yeah. Don't draft Dalton Schultz and get the license plate that says, you rev first.
4: Mazda was always the car you started with in Need for Speed. It was like yes. the first car, you and you're like, oh, I got to upgrade this. you like toss all the tricks on it and try to upgrade the Volkswagen it. Golf. Yeah.
3: I like God, this. I like if you, as long as you go in with eyes wide open, that these yeah, guys aren't exactly. gonna be like super exciting. Yeah.
0: The whole point with Schultz I love is my like, Mazda. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, just don't get the you read first. Okay. Next the next tier here. We got Dallas Goddard for the Eagles, Zach Ertz for the Cardinals, and then Dawson Knox for the Bills. Craig, you wanted to name this tier Toyota this I can't speak English. You wanted to name this tier Toyota Prius, but I don't know why. Why did you want to name this tier Toyota Prius?
4: Because it's like, to me, these are the last line of like pretty good tight ends, but nobody cares. Like this is like, <laughs> like if, if some, if you pull up on a Prius, okay. no one is saying a single word. No one's like, nice oh, I thought you were going
0: to say no one cares about saving the world.
4: Literally like a week ago, I pulled up behind a Prius
3: and the Prius had a bumper sticker that said nice Prius with an exclamation mark. And then it was like signed. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so> unbelievable. <laughs> nice Prius signed. Nobody. Nice tight end. Zach Ertz said nobody.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. I have to say, I've really come around on Dallas Goddard. I've come, if I'm going to pick a guy in this tier, it's easily Dallas Goddard. Honestly, half my argument probably with Dalton Schultz is you could wait 20 picks and get Dallas Goddard. Here's thing, Goddard. On, On the surface, third option in the Eagles, so they have A.J. Brown now. And they have Devontae Smith, who was like, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner two years ago. And Jalen Hurts, bad passer, blah, blah, blah. Third option in the offense. Why would you want Dallas Goddard? To me, it's twofold. One, it's the first year he's actually the starting tight end for the Eagles. Like, it's easy to forget. Zach Ertz was traded midway through last season. But the Eagles going into last year... Zach Ertz was number one, and Dallas Goddard was the backup. And all the production Goddard had, like, he was done despite the lack of, like, the offseason certainty, all the reps they get in the offseason. Now he's getting that as the established tight end. He's, like, no competition. He's going to be the guy. Number two, did you know Dallas Goddard led all tight ends in yards per route run last year?
4: So you're saying he's fuel efficient? <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, not even
3: using saying. fuel half the time. It's all I'm yeah, it's so just electric.
0: M- I'm so mad your joke was bailed out by that. But literally, like if you could pick a stat that predicts like production, like you're like, oh, here's an efficiency stat that predicts like how good a guy is at getting open. It's basically yards per rat run. Like if you could get, I want my receiver to lead in one statistic, yards per rat runs like the best one you could ask for. Dallas Goddard, number one in yards per rat run among all tight ends. And now he's actually for the first time getting the job, but he's not getting treated like that because he's been around, but he's in these two tight end sets with Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz is gone now.
3: Yeah. Goddard is a conundrum to me. He is, because I think he's really good. Like in real life, he's really good. Uh, Like you said, he's first in yards per run last year. He's second in yards per reception, averaged almost 15 yards per reception. So he's like an explosive play guy. Um, One of the best in yards after the catch in the game. In fact, he averaged 6.7 yards per reception after the catch last year, which is more than Kittle, more than George Kittle. That's pretty wild. Um, He was fifth in total yards after the catch. So and he's, by the way, he had 49 1st down catches, which was fourth. All these things are, like, really exciting. You know, he's going to shoot to the stratosphere next year. Like, it's all looking really good. All the underlying stats are there. However, there's a couple problems. Number one, he's too good at blocking. Um, He was 20th in routes last year, only 395. Compare that to 740 routes for Kelsey. Like, around half. Sorry, wait,
0: 740 to what?
3: Just say he ran, he ran about half as many routes as Travis Kelsey last year.
4: I don't like that.
0: This is
3: not what you want in fantasy. I mean, obviously, Kelsey's like an outlier. Kelsey's an outlier. Let me do this
0: live. Let me run that and see if there was a breakdown before and after the trade deadline. I kind of want to see if that changed. That'd be interesting. After, let me me see if I can run that real quick.
3: So, but like the bottom line is like last year, the Eagles were run heavy, like most of the second half. We don't know exactly what they're going to be this year. Maybe they will end up being like a really pass heavy team. And then the fact that he's the number three on this offense won't matter. But with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith there, like he's not the one or two. I, I, that's like what worries me, and that's why he is where he is. That's why he's not getting drafted super super high. Um, but yeah, he's a conundrum. He, he's because I think, like I said, he's really good, but it's just like the the situation he's in is a little bit scary.
0: First eight weeks of the season, he had nineteen targets. He also he missed a couple games, so that's kind of cheating a little bit. But still, basically twenty targets in the first half of the season, and then in the so second like half of the season, yeah, thirty three. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Regardless, he had eight hundred yards last year, and Dalton Schultz had eight hundred eight, and now he's yeah. actually the number one tight end.
3: Goddard had eight. Goddard had eight hundred thirty yards on seven on fifty six catches, like that. It, it, Dalton Schultz had seventy-eight catches and he had eight hundred and eight yards.
0: I, him, I, I, <laughs> like, I agree, with DK, because the explosiveness is what makes and like the fact that he's twenty spots later, but he's just more explosive. Just kind of makes me more into Goddard.
3: He's more explosive. He's he's more dangerous down the field, and he's better at running after
0: catch.
4: Yeah, but he's not the he's not a top two option like Dalton Schultz. Has. To me, Dalton Schultz yeah. is more reliable. Dallas Goddard higher upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, mentioned we've mentioned Zach Ertz. Just there's a Twitter account that tracks whether he can break tackles, and he just can't. <laughs> Um, I, but he's I love on the Cardinals. I love this about Ertz. He'll probably be fine. He's a fine option. And then he's Dawson gonna catch Knox catch a lot of passes. Again, so th- it's very neat. I think the top these are the top ten tight ends. Again, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller's the top five, and then you got six through ten is T.J. Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox. I actually, it's a nice, neat, clean top ten because if you take those guys, I don't think you're going to have to like stream. Hopefully, right? Do you guys feel that way? You feel confident? All 10 of those guys, if you take them, you're probably not going to have to stream, probably.
3: Yeah.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply.
0: See website for details. Then we get into like the next group and it feels like absolute chaos. Like I feel like (laughs) I'm looking at waivers with the next group. Uh, I I don't know what car this is. Like we, We were Ford Aspire. I don't know what
3: that looks like. What's the An 06 Ford Honda Accord. <laughs> 06. Yeah. I like it. If you Google Hyundai a Ford Aspire, it's pretty
0: funny. Yeah. So we got Pittsburgh, Pat Fryermuth, Denver's. Oh, I got this. It's Albert O, who I figured it, it's Albert U- Ukuwebunam, David Njoku for Cleveland, Ersmith Jr. for Minnesota, Cole Komet for the Bears, Noah Fant for Seattle, Robert Tanyan for the Packers, and then Gerald Everett for the Chargers. It just feels like reading off a list of waivers, guys, doesn't it?
4: It does.
3: Did you guys know that No Fan had the same amount of catches as Kyle Pitts? I know I did. Pro- not. Problem this is, is he had about 400 fewer yards. There's
4: just one problem,
3: Happy. <laughs> you're not any not good. any good. I just think. I, well, I just literally just looking at the list of receiving uh, re- receptions among tight ends, No Fan, Kyle Pitts have the same amount of catches. I just think that's bizarre.
0: It's crazy. Can I can I play a game with you guys? So I mentioned yards per route run. And that's basically like the best stat you could ask for. If I, I, I asked the tops, can you guys name the top seven tight ends last year by yards per run? And I told you, Dallas Goddard's number one. Can you name the other guys in the top seven?
4: Travis Kelsey.
0: Pitts. Yes, he's, he's, he's uh, Kelsey's on there. Kittle. Cal Pitts is on there. George Kittle's on there. Schultz. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> uh, well, what's,
4: what's his stupid point
0: here? That Cole Komet's on it? So it's it's George Kittle, <laughs> Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Gronkowski, Calpitz. The <laughs> seventh? No stupid point here. The seventh is Albert O. Oh, okay, Albert oh, yes. O. was actually ahead sure. of Travis Kelsey. I knew this. Yards I knew per that out run. O was really strong there. And so yeah. it's basically the list is Dallas Goddard. Make them what you will, and then you have basically the consensus five best tight ends in football, all in top yards per route run, and then the other guy halfway up that list. Is Albert O, who now gets Russell Wilson on the Broncos and is virtually like free. He's not quite yeah. undrafted, but he's like 130th. It's one of those like you could totally throw a dart. And I'm I'm gonna break my own rule here. Albert O is athletic. 4 4.
3: He ran a 4 4. He's very extremely athletic. When
0: I say athletic, I mean Explosive. he is I'm breaking my own rule for a reason. Albert O for the Broncos said in. Is the like the, So Bill Barnwell invented this thing called speed score. It's kind of incredible no one had thought of this, but instead of just lining up everyone up by 40-yard <laughs> dash, Bill Barnwell, you know, genius, was like, what if we just accounted for it by weight? How right. does no one account for this by weight? If Devontae Smith is 110 pounds, how are we not comparing his speed based on weight to someone who's 210 pounds? Like, you know what I mean? So if you account for someone's 40-yard dash with how much they weigh, Alberto's speed score is in the 100th percentile among tight ends, it is Alberto and Darren Waller. And here's the thing. Darren Waller is twenty nine. So he ran his forty yard dash like seven years ago. So for being honest, <laughs> right. Alberto is the pound for pound, the fastest tight end in the NFL. And so I will give him the athletic tag, even by tight end standards. I'm not saying he's going to be great. The Broncos drafted a tight end in like the, the second or third round uh, this year. named Greg, Greg Dulcich. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, Dulcich. T- rookie. My opinion is like this. We got to see how the, the I'm not recommending Alberto is like the sleeper Jimmy Graham of this year. We got to see how the training camp battle b- play, b- uh, plays out. If Alberto's having trouble dispatching this rookie, I'll be very concerned. But if Alberto basically just takes all the first team reps within two weeks of camp and just any, like any sign from Denver that like he's entrenched as the guy. He's the guy that pops as, like, that's the guy that could shoot into the top four for the season for me off this list. Your Albert O pick or
1: argument
4: or case or whatever you want to call it is a good one, and he checks all the boxes for the classic trap of the sleeper tight <laughs> end. He
0: does. Yes, he does.
4: But then the season's going to start. He's going to be, like, the fourth option on a team. Russell Wilson has pretty much never had a good tight end on his team. Or, sorry, he's never produced a good fantasy tight end. The guy doesn't throw over the middle. That's where tight ends run routes. Like, there, there are a lot of arguments against it as well. However, all the flashy arguments that you give, to me, they're a lot better than, like, half these other guys in this pit.
0: So that's the thing. And again, I think it's like, what are you looking for with, like, the tight end and the morass, right? There's basically, like you could get like a Pat Fryer move last year, not some explosive athlete, but just getting a lot of touchdowns. That's like impossible to predict. It's really hard to predict which random tight end is going to actually end up with like 11 touchdowns this year. So in the absence of that, I feel like you can look for, you're basically going to look for a guy who's like a top two option on his offense. Like as Craig was saying about, Dalton Schultz, that's why I like Cole Komet for the Bears because it's like they have Darnell Mooney at receiver, they have Cole Komet tight end, and like nobody else. I'm not worried about buying Prinkle. So even though the Bears will be bad, I'm looking at this, and like Cole Komet's option one be in the offense. Or you can kind of, in my opinion, you can look at guys with good quarterbacks because ultimately, if you're not a top two option in your offense— you need a quarterback who's going to consistently get to this third option, but that means they're making their progressions quick, quickly, right? Like you literally have to have a quarterback get through one, nope, two, nope, three, nope, and sometimes four, okay. And so you need better quarterbacks. So I like the Albert because it's the athleticism mixed with Russell Wilson being a good quarterback. And if you look at some of these other guys like Pat Fryermuth, who last year was really good, I feel like Pat Fryermuth's value almost increases. In, 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 and totally came from Ben Roethlisberger liking him in the red zone. Maybe that happens with Trubisky, but I don't know. I'm not really convinced that Mitchell Trubisky is going to find Pat Fryermuth a lot. And even if he does, how good can he be really? Be Alberto, I like because it's it's. I feel like you're betting on not just getting out of the streamer world, but getting someone. Actually, he could be just as good as Darren Waller in like the perfect world. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible. Craig, who's your sleeper?
4: I honestly have no real tangible evidence as to why this person is, but I. I like the idea of Gerald Everett in Los yeah. Angeles yeah. with Justin Herbert and the Chargers because, you know, Mike Williams is banged up a lot. I love Mike Williams and you have Keenan Allen. Other than that, not a lot of other people were like running routes that I feel super great about. I know they have Austin Eckler who catches a ton of passes, but like, I don't know, in my mind, like Gerald Everett it has the physical tools. He's athletic. I know he like <laughs> ruined the Seahawks season last year by dropping like three touchdowns in one game. Yeah. But like, Mike, I still love Ugh. him. I forgot about that. The Jared Cook rough. situation in Los Angeles the last few years like to me just it, he he does not have the same ability as somebody like Gerald Everett does to tap into the Justin Herbert potential. So like to me he's like an absolute flyer. You never know his mm-hmm. athleticism could poke through and he could be like an eight touchdown guy for the Chargers this year in the red zone, but that's it. I've always loved Everett. I he's just he's
3: goes beast mode after the catch. He he's just good. runs. Dude's over. Yeah. He's one of those right. players that's like constantly uh Perennial favorite for fantasy analysts because he's a good player, but he just never actually does anything. Kind of he's deal. like
4: the he's like the opposite of. There's just one problem: happy he isn't any good. Because it's like there's yeah, players yeah. who are good, but it just doesn't work for some reason. Right. Every year, this is his year, though.
0: I feel it. Yeah, this, this is, is his the year that we can we can do it this year. Okay, so if we're actually going to leave, and you're going to like draft one of these guys as you waited on tight end all the way to the end, Craig takes Gerald Everett. I'm going to grab Cole Komet or. Alberto, DK, who is the guy that you would, if you're like the last person you lead to grab a tight end in a mm. 12-team league, who are you picking from this list?
3: I don't know, honestly. I, I like Alberto. <laughs> I, th- I like Cole Komet. I think all, the ones that you guys highlighted are definitely good. Um, I'll throw out a couple more names that are definitely intriguing in my mind. Dave Njoku, who just got a big new contract with the Browns. Um, obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation, you know, doesn't inspire confidence for that offense. And we don't even know if he's going to play this year. Irv Smith for the Vikings, I think, is kind of intriguing. Again, this is the same deal every year. It seems like Irv Smith is a sleeper. Um, I was gonna say
0: you're trying to trigger Craig,
3: but third option in this offense, in theory, behind Justin Jefferson and Thielen, and they're gonna be more pass heavy and I guess more modern or whatever, and be the rams style <laughs> offense. It's an option. I think this is a sleeper. If you're gonna go with two, like one of these guys late, I'm I'm drafting two of them and seeing what happens. Throw in freaking Austin Hooper, no, who. Why not? He's on the Titans. They have nobody else. Well, uh, throw, in, throw in uh, Robert Tanyan from from the Packers, who we don't even know if he's gonna be healthy, but you know, who knows? And then yeah. I'm putting Taysom Hill in this group. Oh my god. Goal line oh go- goal line god.
0: packages, baby. he's gonna score Stop six it. rushing touchdowns. Stop Relieve it. me
4: from this hell god. <laughs>
0: Stop
4: it. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Just wait.
0: Okay. That's can't that's wait. the end of the all right, we're done with tight ends. I I heard Taysom Hill's name. That was over. Okay. <laughs> Those are the tight end tiers. Uh, emails
4: just one quick one today. I wanted to shout out Ian. Ian. Yeah. emailed us. Um, he noted that we were talking, if people listened to our last episode at the end, we were talking about, we somehow landed on the game hopscotch. W- like we talked about what kids do in recess these days. And, and one of you was like, oh, they're playing hopscotch. And I was like, there's no way kids are playing hopscotch these days. We got iPads folks. We got Fortnite. We're not playing hopscotch. But uh, he pointed out that this, I, I missed this on Twitter I don't know if you guys saw this that's like it was like a month or two ago somebody posted uh, the kids have found a new hopscotch and it's it went viral it is uh, I think a brother and a sister very young playing hopscotch on what they I believe un- unwillingly know is a giant penis and balls oh, on, on the ground <laughs> unwittingly oh <yeah>. my god <laughs> Uh yeah, unwittingly. Sorry, yeah. Uh, so check that out. I hyperlinked it in the Google Doc. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna no. put it in the show description or anything like that. But just Google uh, or just go on Twitter and search uh, new hopscotch. Oh, <laughs> the my kids gosh. are loving it. Oh my gosh, there's even just like hairs on. the
0: Oh on the, man, you know. and there's it's a tough. little start line right leading right up oh, to man. the tip there.
4: It looks like the penises that Seth, uh, that Jonah Hill drew in Superbad. They do. They look looks exactly <laughs> you, like you that. recognize them. And yeah, I guess by that, I just mean it looks like a drawn penis on the ground. Um, so anyway, thank you, Ian, for that. I missed that on Twitter. Now my algorithm is probably screwed and I'm just going to see hopscotch penises. But
0: Yeah, be careful Googling penises on Twitter. Mm. Like that's Yeah, that's, that's, that's a minefield right there.
4: So I don't know if anybody has any other insights on what the kids are doing these days at recess. I'd actually wonder, do you think, I wonder how many kids now have an iPhone? Like what percentage of eight-year-olds have iPhones? Smartphones or iPhones? Let's say smartphones. Do you think half of 8-year-olds have smartphones in America? DK, you're a father. What what age would you give your kid a phone?
3: I don't know. It's one of the it's a hard one because you want to keep track of them, right? And have the, the have their they have the ability to call you if they need you, kind of deal. Right. Um but the internet is just it's a fucking. Well, worst. I gotta
0: say, I don't know anything about parental controls. Like, I've never had to deal with that, but I imagine they're like really strong. You can, I'm sure, with parental control. You can just turn your kid's iPhone into like a freaking like texting machine, right, and not let them use a browser.
3: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's t- like kids are really mean, and then having this like new weapon to like bully each other with is is tough with like phones and stuff. But it's also crazy that ki- kids these days, kids these days. I sound kids like an old these man. these days. They uh, really organic can. Organic kids these dude, days. they really can, like, <laughs> use technology so much better than any, like, freaking boomer. Like, Calvin, who's three, can get on his little tablet and, like, navigate in to watch Bluey or whatever on his tablet. You know what I mean? It's just what like
4: What else a, is he navigating into?
3: Well, it's it's a really, it's like one of those Amazon ones that's just, like, a yeah. few games and then a few shows. I'm just shows.
4: imagining a dystopian world in which, like, recess nowadays is just a bunch of nine-year-olds looking at their phones outside. ugh.
3: <sighs> <sighs> Yeah,
4: I just want to know if that's
3: a thing. Is this where the term touch grass comes from, by the way? It's like... Yes, it's like...
4: Yes, it, <laughs> go, it means like, the wild. get outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe if if you're a teacher and you teach like, you know, second, third, fourth grade, let us know. Maybe you all take the phones before recess, so they have to go outside and play. I'd love to know how, what the phone situation is like for eight, nine, ten-year-olds.
0: Yeah. Email us at gmail at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to that random manager of the AT and T store at the Mazda with the U first. I always like. I've, I can't believe I've never told that story. Thank you to teachers. Email us. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Cameron. Nice. Okay. Okay. Nice.
4: That was one of your cooler ones. You that yeah, was. <laughs> that
0: was. That was a Thanks, good one. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Appreciate it. I like that term. Go touch grass. Do you think that artist with like apostrophes in their name suffered anything when everything went to like the internet and like you just search and there was? you think there's any search penalty now that you Pound, can't just penalty? You know what I mean?
3: Why can't you say um, penalty?
0: I don't. Get I don't it. know, man. I don't know. I'm an I idiot. Don't I don't know. This thing penalty.
3: Yeah, there. That was it. You did it. It's when you say it quickly when you're Magic not thinking about it. it.
0: Well, that's yeah. It's my core me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, so this ice cream shop, shop was your first job
0: that was my first job yeah I worked at a frozen yogurt shop what was the shop. best flavor oh man um I mean cookies and cream or just peanut butter it was incredible
3: mm, nice Craig what was your first job
0: I was uh
4: like a like a little league umpire the <laughs> worst job <laughs> did possible did you get heckled
0: yeah where parents did me? you start any fights to be
4: honest like I did it for like a summer and I was like the first base ump I just you know it was whatever my, and then I was also a bagger at a grocery store for like a week and then I hated it and quit <laughs> <laughs> and then i was a uh i worked at like our film rental house in college
0: oh that's cool did you just sit at a desk all day and just rent and no one came to rent out equipment
4: well it was for the film major so people were always renting out equipment oh uh i was a boat driver at
3: a kids like water ski camp for a while that was probably my best job growing up
4: you seem like an awesome boat driver were you gonna be a ferry captain
3: yeah, that's like my all-time backup if, you know, sports media just ends up not being a thing anymore. I'm going to be a ferry boat captain in Washington because there's like a ton of ferries in Washington, and I love Yeah, fun fact, ferries.
4: I just went to Seattle for a wedding. And Craig and I, I met a- rode a ferry together. It was amazing. Yeah. I can barely remember that ferry. I was so
0: hungover. Yeah. But- <laughs>
4: I actually like can't believe that was a 45 minute ferry. I have no idea. <laughs> so how I got through that?
0: You know, you're on a plane and it's like, oh, if the pilots incapacitated, who could take over? DK, could you take over the ferry if you had to do it? I have no, not a ferry. I could do it on like a normal boat. Yeah,
4: dude, it's probably pretty easy to finish the trip on a ferry. It goes like five miles an hour and it's massive. <laughs> just, how do you stop? You just go straight. Ram into the. That's like Craig, dock. Craig's
0: best takes where he's like, jobs are easy, acting easy, ferry <laughs> boat captain easy. I could yeah. be a captain of a boat.
3: I mean, there's defi- I'd rather do that than try and land a plane.
4: Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: shit, <DK. laughs> What the hell? <laughs> oh,
4: man. I think I could really see DK as a ferry captain. I told him to try and do both. Be a podcaster slash ferry captain. I mean, put it, make a yeah. studio on the ferry. Why
3: not? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he'll do a podcast about being a ferry boat captain. Just give the people what they want.
0: All right, c- coming next year. Yeah, okay. All right, that'll be our next episode. We're gonna just skew training camp, and we're just gonna, you know, ferry boat. Okay, so fantasyfootballthreeyear dot com. Our rankings will update next week. Uh, we were gonna do like running back rankings, receiver rankings, but instead, we're just gonna talk about ferry boats. So come back for the ferry boats. <laughs>
3: we just call them ferries, by the way. I don't know fairy why. Ferry boats. I
0: haven't been. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the Staten Island. Fair. I, there's not many ferries in my life, man. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.